Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we delivered. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. I'm so glad that you can join us today. Today is December 17th, 2014. We have a really fun show. My special guest is Janice Hoffman, and we're going to be talking about creating a love that lasts, along with the complexities of men and women in their relationships. Janice is an author. In 1996, she was the first to be called by Dr. John Gray, who we all know the author of the Mars-Venus world, and she was his first Mars-Venus facilitator. Taking everything that she learned from the Mars-Venus program, she condensed it into her book called Mars-Venus Uh, Well, I'm sorry, it's a Mars-Venus philosophy, but her book's called Relationship Rules, The 12 Strategies for Creating a Love That Lasts. So now I'd like to bring Janice onto our show. Hello, Janice. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. It's going to be really fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone is so busy in their lives, and I'm always so appreciative that I have the guests that I have because everybody is just so informative. I like well, to start you know, my show out by asking my my guest, how did you get on the path that you're on today? Well, uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. You know, I, I um know. pain is a great motivator and oh. I yeah. So what what started me on my path was I, I took a course in miracles back in 1990 and that started my meditation practice, which also started me writing and um, starting my own meditation group and offering my own kind of style of meditation based in the Course in Miracles philosophy. And and then I got trained by Ad- uh, Dr. Jerry Jampolsky, so I started an attitudinal healing support group. And and then I was teaching a Course in Miracles, so I had a, a, a Course in Miracles support group as well. And... When Men Are From Mars, Winter From Venus came out, I thought, oh, this is great. I'll just start a Mars-Venus support group and add it to my repertoire of groups and called the number in the back of the book and told them my idea and asked them if they had any curriculum. And they said, oh, no, we don't have anything like that. And last thing I remember is, have a nice day. And two and a half years later, my phone rang, and it was a woman from his office asking me if I wanted to be trained as one of, as his first facilitator. 
to teach this eight-hour workshop, the Mars Venus workshop, that he had been traveling around the country teaching every Saturday. But they're only, you know, you could only really do it on Saturdays because couples would come, and it was an eight-hour workshop. Mm-hmm. So, sure, I went out and met John, you know, more formally and um, or informally, I should say, and met his staff and got more involved in the material. And I, I knew what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, and I had found my passion, and and I've mm-hmm. been passionate about it ever since. You know, it's just, <laughs> but the, the thing about relationships and communication mm-hmm. and. You know, why relationships don't fail is it's, it, we're not doing anything wrong. We're just not taught this stuff. Nobody's telling us about how men and women are different so we can learn how to not take things personally and, and you know, what men and women value so that we can give people what they value and how to fill their emotional tanks. I mean, if we don't even know these things, how can we even come close to hitting the mark? Yeah, it's it's really, really true. I... I have a, a very dear friend, and they were having issues in their marriage at one point in time. And her philosophy was, if I don't fix this, how could I fix it again in the future with somebody new? Exactly. It's just going to be a different exactly. person, but with the same issues, my issues. <laughs> yeah, and they're going to bring new issues. And then if you have a blended family, you know, good luck. and all. I mean, that's very difficult to pull off. Mm-hmm. Very hard to do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I always say, whether you're single or married, it's not better or worse. It's just different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just different. So Everything the, comes with its pros and cons, you know? Oh, it it does. So with all your years of, of uh, being involved in, um, in, in these training programs, what was it that motivated you to write your book, Relationship Rules? How did you come about doing that? There were, two, you know, there were two reasons. One was I was out speaking on Mars Venus, whether it was Mars and Venus on a date, or Venus from Mars, or from Venus, or whatever it might be. And um, so I was starting to come up with things that John couldn't say. John Gray couldn't say because he was a man, but I could say because I was a woman. And I and and the list was getting longer of all these ideas that I was coming up with based on the Mars Venus philosophy and based on talking about the differences between men and women from a woman's point of view. And then in my own life, um, my husband and I were going through a divorce. And in, in, the, in an effort to not have that happen, we had gone to 10 therapists. And all these therapists would tell us what to do. They would never tell us how to do it. And it, it just irritated the heck out of me that they wouldn't give me the skills because I was willing and able and, and, you know, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. But you can't tell me to do something without telling me how to do it. So I took the Mars Venus philosophy and the how-to part and I put together a, just a little guidebook. It's, you know, it's no bigger than if your listeners are familiar with the Four Agreements book. It's the same size as the Four Agreements and it's 12 rules for how to keep your, the love alive. You know, we're great at falling in love. Our hormones make sure that we're good at falling in love, but staying in love and keeping the passion alive when you're with the same person day in and day out is a whole different thing. So there's 12 guidelines, if you will, and then there's a how-to for men and how-to for women because we're different, and what works for women doesn't always work for men, especially when we have different value systems. Mm-hmm. You know, we speak the same mm-hmm. language, but we attach different meanings to the word. You know, if you just ask a woman yeah. how she is, and she says, fine. That means ask more questions because something's certainly going on. 
how he's doing, and he says, fine. It means there's nothing that's going on that I can't handle. If I need any help, I'll let you know. You know, mm-hmm. it's different. We don't even we don't even attach the same meanings to the same words. But if we don't know that, how how would we misinterpret? It's so easy to misinterpret our partner's languaging, you know, and, and how they say and what they say. If you look at guys and they say hi to each other, they sure. don't even use words. They use noises. <laughs> Oh, uh, so true. I mean, really, and those noises mean full sentences in their world. So, you know, if I saw you and I just went, Ugh, you know, I'd be rude. <laughs> in a woman's <laughs> world. Well, you know, with your with your twelve relationship rules, how long does it take somebody to to really learn them and become become good at them? Well, that depends on how much they practice them. I, you know, it wouldn't take long at all. And you can have a lot of fun with them. You know, you can make them a game. You can do one, you know, what I suggest to people, what I did with the Mars Venus material and that worked really well for me is I tried one at a time. You know, the whole let's do all 12 all at once or all whatever you may be doing, you know, that's, it's like these big, huge steps and then, when we fall back just as far as we reached forward because it was just too big. You know, we couldn't take it in. But when you do one at a time, it's like changing the way people mm-hmm. people change is in baby steps. So if you do one at a time, you can change uh-huh. your baby steps. And I put them in an order that's very doable as well. So, you so know, I had a couple so, buy my book and they'll talk uh-huh. about one one rule a week or one couple went on an 11-day oh, cruise okay. and they... Okay. One rule a day, they would just talk about it. You know, what do you think about this, and what do you think about mm-hmm. it, and how do you relate? And mm-hmm. It's a really good coffee table kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. that coffee table book that starts conversation. They're great for starting conversation and finding out about your partner, things that you may not ever have known before. Oh, wow. <laughs> what, do, what do women complain about the most when it comes to men in their lives? They complain that they don't listen. And, you know, again, we use the word listen loosely. You know, listen means mm-hmm. that you heard mm-hmm. what I said, you took it in. Like if I tell my partner, well, you put the chicken in the oven at 4 o'clock because I'm not going to be home until 6, and then dinner will be ready when I walk in the door, and you come in and you can't smell any chicken cooking. <laughs> chicken, you know, he, he may have heard you, uh-huh. but he didn't uh-huh. go in. And so when we say, you know, I... So what I tell women all the time is you have to have his full attention because men are very in the moment. So they're in this moment, and now they're in this moment, and now they're in this moment. And How do you get and so it? You, you get them to stop what they're doing and give them, have them give you your full attention, or better yet, write it on a note, put it on a timer, you know, make it easy for him <laughs> to do what you're asking him to do so you're not uh-huh. setting up for, him up for failure because guys aren't wired mm-hmm. to remember stuff like that. And so the easier uh, you make it for him, so he he can remember to put the ch- chicken in the oven at 4 o'clock. You come home, mm-hmm. the house smells wonderful. He's He gets to be the big hero, the big can-do guy, and the benefit for him feeling like the can-do guy is now he's motivated to do something nice for you because he feels good about himself. You know, why, why, are they not, you why are they not wired to do it? Because it's, it's a small thing and they have so much in their minds, or, or what is it? In other words, why are they wired to do it without no reminders? 
Uh-huh. Women are good at the details, and men are good at the big picture. That's why they can plan the hunt, find the find the food, find the you know, disassociate from whether it's Bambi or Chicken Little or Thumper, and you know, bring the animal home because his family needs they need food and they, he needs to provide for his family. So he's thinking big picture. Big picture. When guys work a lot of hours and they're trying to make extra money for the family. They're thinking big picture. They're thinking new car, new house, vacation, you know, engagement ring, vaca- whatever it may be. But they're thinking big picture. And women love all that stuff. But more importantly, the details are more important. And that's another thing, how we, we just value things differently. That's why when a guy is working really hard and he's, you know, he gets the house, he gets the car, he gets the whatever, and she doesn't appreciate it, he's like, do you know how many hours I worked to pull this off? And, and then she says something like, well, I don't care about the house. I just want you home. That's like putting a knife in his heart. But we don't know all that if we're not taught what men yeah. and women value. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. Every high school should have a class. And put a knife in his heart, and guess mandatory. what? The evening goes a little differently, you know, <laughs> and vice versa. Um, you know, you take the, yeah, she I takes mean, something there's... personally and thinks he doesn't care. The evening mm-hmm. goes very differently. Yeah. And there's no question that men really need to be appreciated, and you have to tell them Absolutely. that you appreciate the things that they do. You know, I was brought up that you, you didn't talk give about men a big head. Book. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and what I've learned is you want them to have a big head because the bigger the head, the more they feel like the can-do guy and the more they're motivated to do something nice for you. You know, very mm-hmm. broad general mm-hmm. terms, obviously. But So it is good for him to feel good about himself because that makes him feel like he's a good provider, good husband, good boyfriend, whatever it may be. How have marriages changed over the past 20 years? Marriage has changed probably a subject so, you could talk. so, so much. Yeah, you can probably you know, talk about just, it forever. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, when women before the feminine movement, before women had were voting and were in the workplace and we, we don't have equal pay yet, but, you know, before that, everybody knew what their job description was. So whether or not you agree with that whole stereotypical role of the women stay home with the children and the man goes to work and makes the, the living, it doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. It, it, what The point I'm trying to make is everybody knew what their job was. And now you have couples where maybe they both start out working and maybe he ends up being the one who stays home with the children and she gets the promotion and makes more money and so they decide that they're going to go that direction. And that wasn't planned ahead of time. And there's so many different circumstances now in relationships and marriages where it's so not stereotypical, and if, it, if you, we don't talk about it, if couples don't talk about it ahead of time, how do you know where your north, south, east, west is? If you don't know what your job description is in a relationship, how, how do you know how to move about the cabin, so to speak? Yeah, that's a good point, really good point. Unless you have super good communication. And so mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with the way marriage is today. It's just very undefined. And, and and everybody's just kind of doing what they do. And, you know, you ask any couple who are in love, would you spend $250 and eight hours once a year to keep and improve the quality of your marriage? And they'll say yes, but they won't sign up for a workshop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 99%. Yeah, and, you know, the you know? the divorce rate's pretty high, isn't it? Well, it's you know it's always hovered right around fifty percent and you know seventy plus percent for second marriages. So mm. you know that's, that's the other thing. It's like you know you think the grass is greener on the other side, you have even a lesser chance of it working if you find the right mm-hmm. so-called person. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and like you said, yeah. you bring the same baggage, you know. So many people go from one relationship <laughs> a relationship hop because you get that great adrenaline rush at the beginning of a relationship where, you know, this feels so good. And, and then when the honeymoon hormones kind of die off, you're like, eh, who are you? You go to the next relationship. And, and people can actually get addicted to the high of those honeymoon uh-huh. hormones and just relationship uh-huh. hop. You know, I mean, yeah. when Friends was on TV, they, I call it the Joey factor where, you know, men learn how to just be a jerk and get the girl to break up with you and you don't have to be the bad guy. You just have to not call and not show up and don't do what you say you're going to do enough times that she says hit the road. Mm. Well, you know, with, with a divorce rate with a divorce rate of 50%, that means that a lot of people are out there dating. And yeah. tell us how dating has really changed. What's changed about it, and what can be improved about it? Well, you have online dating, so that's changed the pace of dating. Just from one standpoint, how it's changed the pace of dating without getting into all the dangers is, you know, you meet somebody online, maybe you talk on the phone, you have emails back and forth, but the moment comes when you decide you're going to meet, and the whole, from the moment you decide you're going to meet to the time you actually see each other, you're praying to God or whoever it is that you pray to, please let there be chemistry because it's out of your control. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right. You know, because they may sound perfect, but, you know, and and the thing is they may have chemistry for you or you for them, but it doesn't, may not be mutual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get in that awkward it's difficult you know, thing. Then, yeah, it's very difficult. Chemistry is just that thing that's it's elusive and we, we're not in control of it. And so there's that aspect of it. And then there's, you know, men are perplexed why women, you know, women just, they, they won't even let me pay. And what men don't, a lot of men don't understand until somebody tells them is if a woman is really wanting to pay, it's because she doesn't want you to think that there's any chemistry. She doesn't want you to think that this, this relationship's not going anywhere. She doesn't want to feel obligated in you, to you in any way. And that's 90% of the women who want to pay. That's the message they're sending, but it comes across as I'm independent maybe, and he may not get it. You know, guys aren't always, you know, quick on the draw when it comes to dating uh-huh. and how a uh-huh. woman's, you know, a lot of guys can't read a woman's signals very well. I heard a lot of men say that to me. They they just don't know if she's hitting on them or if she's being friendly or they just, they just they're not very good at interpreting a woman's signals. So if she's acting like she has a nice evening and all that, and then she pays, and that's her way of letting him know, hey, you know, there's no, this isn't going to go anywhere, he may totally misinterpret her signals, again, because of a lack of communication. But, you know, we don't want to tell somebody, hey, there's no chemistry, I don't want to see you again. Mm-hmm. And yet there is a nice way of saying that in a way where you, you don't hurt their feelings. What is a nice way? Act- what, is a ni- what is a nice way of saying that? <laughs> this is how I tell people. I would say... You know, if if you didn't have any chemistry for me, I would really want you to tell me because the last thing I would want you to do is to lead me on and I'm not feeling chemistry for you and I want to show you that respect of not mm-hmm. leading you on by letting you know that I think you're a great person, whatever compliments you want to say, but I'm just not feeling it and I'm really sorry. And instead mm-hmm. of saying, let's be friends, which is, you know, a fake thing to say. And so that's how I would say it. I would just say, you know, if you were in my shoes, wouldn't you want to be told in a nice way? Mm-hmm. Don't just walk, go to the bathroom and not come back. I'm really curious with this online dating, what the success rate is. 
of actually meeting somebody that can actually date. <laughs> I mean, how many you know, that's a really good question you have because, to go you know, through to finally find just one person that's a, you know, let's right. try. Yeah, it must it, be, you it know, must, it must be really must, lucky. You know, the very first person they meet, they end up getting married and live happily ever after. But you know, it's, there's a lot of dangers to, to online dating, and and people can come across as somebody they're not for a long period of time before the mm-hmm. other side of them can come out. And mm-hmm. you know, it's just you know they don't know anybody you know. And so what do you, you so know? What do people the, do? You know, the flip side what of that is it's really hard to meet what people men because. And women Exactly. What do men and women do then? How do they meet? Well, they have a lot of singles events, and you know they call them. Some people call them the walking wounded. You know they're not exactly popular. <laughs> you know, and uh, and they tend to be um, frequented by the same single people. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of creepy weirdos there. At least people will tell you that. And mm-hmm. and it's, it is hard to meet because if, unless you work in a big company, you know, so many people work yeah. at home or they they're independent contractors of some sort or they're self-employed mm-hmm. and they, don't, they don't, yeah. or they're you know they're in front of a computer all day because of their job, right. so they don't have an opportunity to meet other people, and they don't want to go to these singles things, and they don't want to get online because of whatever they've heard stories they may have heard, and so mm-hmm. people tend to just say, you know what, my life's okay. I'll just I'll just be single, or I'll just do my own thing. It, it, it's okay. I don't need a man or a woman in my life. I don't need a boyfriend or a girlfriend in my life. And they just they settle. You know, I, when women yeah. ask me where the men, we have a you know the rescue home, Jesus Save Rescue Mission. It's on Park Avenue. So whenever anybody asks me where are all the men, I say, well, most of them are on Park Avenue, you know, single men. <laughs> Oh. And they didn't ask, well, because you know what? Because I'm always giving people a hard time about be specific. What do you want? You know, you go into an online profile. Everybody wants. I want somebody who likes the outdoors, who's intelligent, attractive, mm-hmm. and has a sense of humor. Well, who do you know that doesn't want to go outside? Is stupid, and you know, I mean, we're all looking for somebody who has a good sense of humor and all those things. But what kind of mm-hmm. sense of humor do you want? What kind of intelligence? Do you want to talk politics? Do you want to talk spiritual? What, I mean, what do you want to talk about? What what sports do you like? What what about the outdoors? Do you like to hike? I mean, do you like to play tennis? Those are very different things. And, but we're not specific. And, you know, one of the differences between men and women is women sometimes don't know what they want and want their partner to figure it out for them because if you know mm-hmm. me and you love me, you'll do that. Mm. And, and it's not fair to men because they're not psychics and they're not their brains aren't wired to be, you know, mm-hmm. always hovering, going, "What does she want? You know, what would be a good thing to get her for and present?" I mean, they don't do that. They're like they're focused, like I said, on the bigger picture. So we need to uh-huh. help them be successful. You know, not just say, "Hey, if you know me and you love me, you know what I like and you know what I don't like." And so if you get me something I don't like, you screwed up. No, help them help <laughs> them be successful. And making us, you know, one of the things in my book, one of the ideas is to have a wish list. My wish list starts with incense, less than a dollar, diamonds in the thousands, and everything in between. And I keep it updated. So if my partner wants to buy me something, he knows he can go to the wish list. And he doesn't say, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for your anniversary? What do you want for Christmas? You know, oh, how, yeah, how that's a great idea. Is that? Yeah, uh-huh. so, you know, uh-huh. help them. And in the summertime, mm-hmm. I'll just put the little rose clippers on the kitchen table. That's the hint. You could score a bunch mm-hmm. of points with me if you go cut me a rose and put it in a vase and you know. <laughs> yeah, so it's really it's really all about um making things easier for men. 
Yeah. I mean, in terms of, of to make you happy, getting what we words. want, of course, yeah, getting what we mm-hmm. want, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you want to go to a concert or a show or a play or whatever, you know, cut the little ad out, print the thing off the internet, you know, put it someplace where, where he'll see it, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I dated this guy one time and we had a fight in the beginning of our relationship and to make up, he took a post-it note and he wrote little love notes on every single piece of paper and put them all over the house and in my car and inside <laughs> cupboards and clothes. And, you know, it was the most romantic thing ever. And, you know, a few months went by and I said, you know, it'd be really nice if you wrote me a little note again. And, and he was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And I got no note, you know, and I, you know, I asked again in Mars Venus fashion, like, like I was asking for the first time. And, you know, I did that uh-huh. a couple of times, still no note. And I'm like, you know, what am I doing wrong? How come this isn't working? So I put a pen and a post-it note where he kept his keys, and I got a, I got a note every uh, time. Every time he came over, I got a note. So you just uh-huh. make it easy for him to do what you're asking them yeah. to do. Yeah. You know, who knows what's yeah. on their mind or what kind of day they've had? And so, you know, and the other thing, it's like put yourself in their shoes. Wouldn't you want someone to make it easier for you? Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. So let's make it easier for them. It's you know. So we can get what we want and what we're asking for, ultimately. Right. Listeners, um, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Janice Hoffman. She's the author of the book Relationship Rules, The 12 Strategies for Creating a Love That Lasts. Janice, let's talk a little bit about the seven ways to avoid stress with the holidays. Oh, yes. You know, <laughs> some of the things are just common sense things, but but they are important because, you know, dr- just drinking enough water, getting getting enough sleep, and and making sure that you're eating properly because not only are you under the normal stresses of everyday life, but now you have, you know, if you have children, you have Christmas to get ready for or Hanukkah, mm-hmm. whatever you celebrate, mm-hmm. get ready for the children. You may have relatives coming into town. Um, you know, you're maybe trying to find the perfect gift for your partner and you don't know what to get mm-hmm. them. Uh, you know, whatever it may be, you have added stress. And so to not take care of yourself, you know, have you ever heard about the, the person that plans the perfect wedding and then you say, how was it? And they go, I, you know, I don't remember. The whole thing was just a blur. I was so exhausted. <laughs> I was, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, so was it worth it yeah. to do the perfect yeah. blur? I mean, you know what I mean? Well, you know, so, it's you, funny because... Because what, what I'll typically do is I pre-plan months and sometimes then weeks in advance. And I get to work on those things so that I don't have any, I don't really have the stress related with it. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the way to do it. You know, the more you complete, you know, and we women, we're the queen of lists. You know, we live by our lists. Exactly. Exactly. What we do without our lists. particularly list. helpful. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there, yeah, there isn't anything. Lists. Yeah, that says you know I have to wait till the day before to to you know to get everything pulled together. It's just you know pro- procrastination can kill you. <laughs> well, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up. Wait until the day before because a lot of guys will wait until you know typically the last minute to go shopping, and mm-hmm. you know that's okay. You know, it's no problem with that. But when you buy your partner their gift in advance and then let them know. You get mm-hmm. you get points. Mm-hmm. You get major points because you've been thinking about my gift, you know, like all, all this way in advance, like not at the last minute and and you got it together to get you know, to take the time out and go buy it and 
you know, and then they'll tell their girlfriends, guess what my husband did, you know, and then they'll all try and outdo each mm-hmm. other with that. But, but, you know, they get to score points when not even being there because they'll tell their girlfriends or their family. Right. So, so you know, buying a gift in, in advance for a guy, for his partner, is major score mm-hmm. winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so we talked about prioritizing your to-do lists. Um, you know, put on that list what you need to do, not necessarily what you want to do. <laughs> what you need to do, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah, it, what you, you know, you could separate it by like, you know, must do, you know, need to do, and would like to do. You know, and and, and prioritize them a little bit like that. You know, one of the things I do on my to-do list because I'm such a Virgo uh-huh. is um, I put it in four qu- quadrants and. And the one quadrant is places to go, another quadrant is people to call, another quadrant is emails to send out, and then the other one is um, websites to go to to do whatever I need, like, you know, pay a bill online or order uh-huh. something or whatever it may be. So I got my four quadrants, so if I'm online, I can just go to that little section of my to-do list, and it works really well. Keeps me, yeah. keeps me a lot more um, organized. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. prioritizing your to-do list, you know, um, and the other thing is, you know, taking time to just pay positive attention to your partner and every day, mm. but even more mm-hmm. so during the holidays. So holidays are all about, right? Like the people we know that we care about, but um, uh huh, yeah, love them. Have gra- have gratitude. I mean, gratitude. Absolutely, really and and you know the funny thing about asking somebody, is there anything you need? Or, you know, if you get up and you say to your partner, you know, I'm going to get a glass of water, do you, would you like anything to drink? Or I'm going to go in the bedroom, mm-hmm. is there anything, you know, whatever. 90% of the time, people don't take you up on it. But you, you know, mm-hmm. but the fact that you ask, especially when you ask a woman, mm-hmm. is there anything you need? That's like, you know, mm-hmm. having, you know, some rock star in your living room singing to you. It's like somebody, <laughs> somebody wants to know if I need anything. I mean, uh, I mean, it's just like a weight is lifted yeah. off your shoulders. Just and you know, like, ah. and you can, t- and as a parent, you can teach your your children that from the time they're very young. Oh you yeah, really can. you know. I taught my kids this, kinda... this crazy skill where I said, "Come in the whenever you want something, come compliment me, and then go away, and then come back and ask for what you want." <laughs> you have a better chance. Of, you have a better chance of getting it. <laughs> Yeah, and I taught mine to always say thank you for just about everything. Oh, yeah. And so it's just so automatic as an adult, you know, and people are just always so blown away, you know, when you have this grown-up who's just always saying thank you, thank you, and meaning it, not just, you know, saying it, but really meaning it. Yeah, yeah, really meaning it, you know, and that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so much, so yeah. many of us are just so starving for someone to acknowledge and appreciate our efforts. Even the little efforts, you know. Mhm. Mhm. You know. Well. Yeah. Doesn't have to be huge. We live in such a, you know, it just seems like it's such a fast-paced society now, and I don't think it's going to slow down. Not with technology and how technology is moving out at the pace that it's moving out at. I, I totally and so agree. And that's why, and that's why, listeners, you really need to buy. Janice Hoffman's book, Relationship Rules, The 12 Strategies for Creating a Love That Lasts. Let's get back to your book a little bit. Um, We've talked about what women complain about most in men. 
what do men complain about most about women? You know what they say? They they complain that women play games. They're, they're, oh, why yes? don't they just ask for what they want? Why aren't they direct? Because men are with each other, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, they're, you know, why do they play games? Why do they say one thing and do the other, you know? And, and there's kind of two parts to that is, you know, one reason they do is because they don't want to be, they don't want to appear too vulnerable should you say no. If, mm-hmm. if I ask you for what I want and I make myself vulnerable and you say no, I'm going to feel, you know, bad about myself in some way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and um... And so you have that. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times men, um, you know, the other, the other complaint that men, they actually have two, is that um, they'll think about doing something nice for their partner, flowers, what you know, whatever, some old nice mm-hmm. little thing. And then they'll say, oh, well, like let's say they're going to, they thought about picking her up from work and taking her out to, for Mexican food. And, and let's mm-hmm. say they do that and she says, I hate this restaurant. And, um, and, and, you know, in her world, the restaurant has nothing to do with him, but in his world, it has everything to do with him because he picked the restaurant uh-huh. to make her happy. Uh-huh. And so now uh-huh. he, it's a direct hit to his ability to make his wife happy. So you don't mm-hmm. trust me. You don't think I know. I, you don't trust me to get the job done. And trust is really big to men. It's one of their three top emotional needs that, you know, we all have emotional tanks, if you will, that need to be filled. That's one of their emotional mm-hmm. tanks or needs. And so without even knowing that that is a personal hit to his self-esteem when she says, I hate this restaurant, you know, they all the servicer is always bad. So what guys will do is they'll have this idea that I want to do something nice for my partner, and they're like, well, the last time I did that, she bitched about the restaurant. And so uh-huh. they'll, just, they'll, they'll withhold their love. Essentially, uh-huh. I say this all the time, mm-hmm. we do not, women, we do not want to li- create a society in which men are withholding love. We just don't want to do that. We want, you know, it's, it's the same, like, the other one, easy example is your partner brings you flowers, he brings you roses or carnations, and you hate carnations, you want, you only like roses. And so instead of saying, oh, sweet, thank you, you say, you know I hate carnations. I mean, that doesn't motivate him to go buy you flowers again. And so instead, so yeah, you know, true. yeah, he messed up. He messed up on the kind of flowers you like. But guess what? He brought you flowers. So instead of saying, "Why'd you bring me carnations?" I told you a hundred times, "I hate carnations." You can just say, "Oh, flowers! How wonderful! Thank you. Appreciate what he did. Don't analyze it to death. Don't make it. Don't make him wrong because he got the, the kind of flower wrong, or the kind of perfume wrong, or the kind of restaurant wrong. Just, oh wow, how sweet! You had the idea to take me out to dinner and pick me up at work and surprise me. Thank you." Because the more you appreciate their efforts, the more you motivate them to want to do it again. And that's what we're missing out on is, you know, we get, even if we get a ride to do what we want them to do, if we're not saying thank you, like you were saying earlier, when you taught your kids, if you don't say thank you afterwards, well, you know, a guy goes to work, he works 40 plus hours a week. He doesn't do it just because he likes the company. He does it to get a paycheck. Comes home, puts more than 40 hours a week plus in at home, he wants some sort of payment, and he doesn't want money. He wants appreciation. So if there's no appreciation at home, he's going to go wherever it lives. And if it lives in front of the computer screen or if it lives in front of a video game or if it lives in the gym, he's going to gravitate to wherever it lives because he needs to be – that's an emotional – that's the other emotional yeah. thing men have is appreciation. They need to be appreciated for their efforts. Otherwise, you know, they're, like, they, their sense of belonging in the world is, is gone. 
mm-hmm. how do I fit in mm-hmm. the world? But, you know, I, I need to have a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And if everything I do is just criticized, so I hear this from men all the time, all the work, everything I do, all she does is criticize what I do. I don't know uh, how to make her happy. And uh, guys aren't, you know, women can be rejected over and over again. We don't have time for pity party. We have to pick up the kids at school. We have to get dinner ready. We have to do the laundry. We have to get the home. We don't have time. Men, rejection is a whole different world to men. And so he'll take about uh-huh. three hits and he's out of there. Just like, you know, that's maybe that's where baseball came from. Three strikes and you're out. Three hits of rejection. And he's not going to try. He's going to go where he knows he's not going to be rejected for his efforts. So we don't uh, want to set it up where he, he doesn't want to try because he's so afraid of being called out for, or, you know, or let's say he does the nice thing. She says, thank you. And then, you know, a week or two weeks or a month or a year later, she says, how come you never do that anymore? How do you never bring me flowers anymore? And she, she throws it up in his face. There's a better way to mm-hmm. ask than that to get what you want. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Uh, oh, my gosh. And, it, and, it, and you know what? And if he does it out of that, he's just doing it to stay out of the doghouse. He's not doing it out of love mm-hmm. and, you know, motivation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those are the big complaints you have about women. Do you think that women. the... Um the um, the really long term marriages, the twenty, thirty, forty year marriages that that have lasted, do you think that that these individuals kind of just fell into doing the right things or what? You know, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think some of it is their upbringing, you know, and value, valuing marriage, and but you know, and the other thing I think that they have um, a mutual respect for each other that is long term that doesn't die off, you know, that they have an awareness that, you know, this too shall pass, this isn't forever, you know, that that there's Mm -hmm. highs and lows in any relationship, and they they have the stickability to know that, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll get through this and get to the other side. You ask any couple that's been together for a really long time, it hasn't been perfect the whole time. They've had their hardships, and and because they stay together through those hardships, it's made their marriage even stronger than before. You know, I heard somebody say... Mm-hmm. It does. You know, with the anniversary, he was toasting his wife on, it, on their anniversary, and he said, a lifetime isn't long enough for me to spend with this woman. The rest of my Aww. life isn't long enough for me to spend with Aww. this woman. I love her that I love her wow. that much. You know, and it's such a beautiful thing because, um, you know, respect is, is such a dying off, hopefully not, but seems to be. And, and, and women, is it we, something we that's earned? That would you, would you I think, think it's that's earned, but I think it's earned? also role modeled. You know, I think that when you role model respect, that's a way to earn it. There's other ways to earn it, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, when you role model to respect to others, even when you don't think they deserve it, but you still do it because that's who you are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you role model that for your children, and, and you role model mm-hmm. that for everybody around you that's a, that has the experience of you, you know, in your presence. And we, you know, in my teen dating program, I asked the other day, you know, 30 kids in the room, how many of you have a role model in your life? 40% of the room, not even half, raise their hand. So let's say there was 10% Aww. that just didn't want to. That's still 50%. That's, you know, gosh. I mean, and that's, that's our job. That's a, we're, we're their parents. We're their, you know, we're the adults mm-hmm. in their life, even if we're not parents. And, yeah, where are they? I wonder where they are. Yeah. Mm. You know, and I think we have such a, such a responsibility and a moral obligation and to, to be good role models for these kids. Because yeah, but, you know, that takes, that takes sacrifice. 
on a parent's part. You know, I I had a conversation about this with somebody a couple weeks ago um, who's never had children. And, um, you know, coming from a parent's point of view, um, you know, people often ask you, you know, how, how do your kids turn out? Well, they're my life's greatest work. Why are they your life's greatest work? Because there was a lot of sacrifice involved. And that sacrifice was being there for them. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's true. I never thought of it from that point of view, but it, yeah, there is a lot of sacrifice involved. But um, would you have it yeah, any other I mean, way? You know that, I mean, well, some some people ha- some people do it another way. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they've chosen. You know, it's a choice. You know, you choose to be there, or you choose not to be there. I don't true. think there's any middle ground on it. Yeah. That's true. You, d- you decide you want to go off on those trips or you want to go to those parties or you want to, you know, go take classes during the week or whatever. But if that means that you're leaving your kids to fend for themselves or you're not there for them, that I don't look at that as being sacrifice. Right. So, but you know, parenting is is a, is a complex thing, very complex, and we're not taught how to do that either. We're right? not. So you, know, you have to have you a know, license. You, fish, it, you, but you don't have to have a license to have a child. Exactly. <laughs> not that we should, but but you know, if uh-uh. you're bringing a human being into the world for you know the rest of their you know physical life. Right. But the only so big deal. the only thing that you have to go on is is what you experienced as a child yourself in your home with your parents. That is your that is your level of experience as being a parent. <laughs> you know, it's just right. like oh my goodness, oh gosh, isn't it a wonder that any of us make it through everything? <laughs> I, I say that all the time. I think it's a wonder that you know couples are you know stay together as long as they do because. We're so different, and we so it's so easy to misinterpret our partner's behavior, and you know how that shows up is we take it personally, and we take it personally. Like I said earlier, you know, the whole evening's different, and you know, without I, I just yeah, I think it's amazing that we get along as well as we do, and then that's so, that's why I'm passionate about all this. Yeah. So if a woman wants to motivate uh, her partner to be more thoughtful to be more romantic. What are some way, some ways that she could do that? You know, the first time I heard John Gray say, "I'm going to teach you how to motivate a man," I thought, "Has he been taking drugs?" Uh oh. Can, you know, <laughs> can, can, can you do that? I mean, is that, is that even possible? I mean, this is like foreign concept to me. Seriously, and I don't mean it in a negative way. I just thought, I just I know didn't know that you could do that. You know, and I thought my ears are too totally perked and turned to. And so, you know, and he explained, and, it, and you know, it actually works. And, and you remind them of a time they made you happy. So let's say you want to go out to dinner, and the typical thing people say is, a woman will say is, you know, we never go out to dinner anymore. And, and you know, he's thinking, well, on October 15th at 7 p.m., uh, we went to the uh, OK Corral, and you know, whatever. So he's thinking uh-huh. of it in literal terms, and what she's saying is, it would really be nice to go out to dinner with you. Will you take me out to dinner? She's like, I come out and say uh-huh. that because he might say no. And so, 
uh, how she can how she can motivate him to take her out to dinner or whatever it may be is you remind him of a time that made you happy. Remember the time you picked me up at work and you surprised me and we went out for Mexican food and that was such a good evening. I'd really love to do that again. Do you think maybe we could go out for dinner again soon? Oh, uh, that's really a sweet way, isn't it? It's really a sweet that's way, really but it, it, it way. also works, you know, because he's thinking, uh-huh. oh, yeah, I remember that time that, that I made those plans, and she was so happy, and we came home, and, you know, we had a nice evening, and, uh-huh. you know, I remember that. Yeah, you know, sure, I could do that again, you know. And mm-hmm. so he's, he's way more motivated to say, well, yeah, let's go out to dinner. Mm-hmm. Because she's already said, "Hey, here's here is the recipe. Here are the directions to make me happy tonight." <laughs> oh, and he's like, gosh. "Hey, that's better than what I had planned because what I had planned was zilch." <laughs> <laughs> you know, women love a man with a plan. A man's like, "Plan what? You know, whatever I plan, you want mine." That's what they say. And so, you know, she's given him the you know the roadmap to how to be. Make her happy, and you know, a man loves a happy woman. I tell men, all, I, women all the time, men, they, you know, they'll be complaining about men, this, that, and the other. And it's uh-huh. like, if you walk into a room, man walks into a room, sees two women, they look exactly the same. One's apparently very happy, one looks pretty unhappy. Which one do you think he's going to gravitate towards? <laughs> oh, gee, I wonder. <laughs> But it, and it isn't just in the moment. It's it, it's easier to keep a happy woman happy than it is to make an unwoman have, unhappy woman happy and then keep her there. That's right. a lot of work. So yeah, I'll go for the happy woman every time. So mm-hmm. we as women have a responsibility to be happy. It's our job to be happy. It's not our job. It's not a man's job to make us happy. The man's job is to make us happier. But it's our right. job and, and to by, be and, and happy by, with ourselves. By, yeah, and vice versa. I mean, you really need to be centered as a person and happy with yourself before you have the capacity to really give love to somebody else. You have to love yourself right. and first. And I think a lot of people know that, but they don't live it. And uh-huh. the th- and thing is, if you look to somebody else for your own happiness, you're going to be disappointed every time because even, even if they're hitting the mark and they're hitting the mark and they're hitting the mark, one day they're not. And when, they're, when they miss the mark, you're going to go, you know what, it's your fault I'm not happy. Mhm. Mhm. Because you you hit the mark every single time. Why'd you mess up this time? <laughs> and and you know men don't sign up for you know a lot of times when a man and a woman first start dating and she'll say to him, oh you know you're my hero, you're my knight in shining armor. He's like I'm here, I'll take care of you. You don't you know you don't have to worry about a thing. I'm here, I'll make you happy. Whatever he says. And it's as if there's this unconscious thing that takes place where women sign off a portion of the responsibility of their happiness to a man. And he, mm-hmm. unknowingly, takes it on. Mm-hmm. So, so we say, okay, well, you, you know, you signed up to make us happy. Well, you better do your job. And then he's saying, I didn't know I signed up. <laughs> and, it, and, and you don't know any of this takes place until something happens where he falls short in some way in her eyes, and she's like, you know what, I was perfectly happy till you came along. Now I'm not happy. It must be your fault. <laughs> oh it's a gosh! Bath that we have, you know, oh. and it's it's not it's it's not his job, <laughs> you know. Even if he shows up late, it's, it's your job to be happy. Or you want to get unhappy? You want to be bad because he's late? I'm not going to judge you for that. I'm just saying that's your choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm certainly not mad when people are late, but it's like you know, my choice. Am I, am I going to be mad? How long am I going to be mad? Am I going to say anything? Yeah. Am I not going to say anything? Those are all my choices. 
Mm-hmm. Tom, mm-hmm. Tom, the other person. Wow. Well, you've really given us a lot to think about. And um, listeners, again, I I encourage you to um, to buy Janice Hoffman's book, Relationship Rules. Janice, um, if somebody wants to get a hold of you for a workshop or whatever, go ahead and give your contact information and also where your book can be purchased. Yeah, um, I teach workshops and I do relationship coaching and um, and speaking. I love to speak to large groups and um, very interactive with my audience. It's a lot of fun. So they can find me at JaniceHoffman.com and Great. they can sign up for my um, newsletter to stay in touch with what's up with me and I have a blog and they can read about a teen program I have been doing for 18 years called Get Smart Dating. There's a link on my website and they can Watch some videos there, and if they want to buy an autographed copy for, of my book, they can buy it off my website through PayPal, or they can go to Amazon and buy an unautographed copy for the same amount. <laughs> or okay. a little motivation <laughs> there to get an autographed copy, and um, they can also buy it on Kindle as well. So, um, oh, but I love, oh, I love to stay in touch with my readers, and so um, please email me or Facebook me. Or you can find me on Facebook and Twitter as well, LinkedIn. Wonderful. Well. Wonderful. Well, thank you. We're, we've run out of time, but I just wanted to thank you again for coming on our show. And um, it was great fun. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, I love it. And, and um, um, you know, if your listeners want to get a copy of the, the seven way, ways to avoid stress oh, yeah. during the holidays, yeah, right, just go to my right. website and sign up for my newsletter, and I'll get an email, and then I'll send you a copy of the, oh. the uh, article. Yeah. Oh, that'll be perfect. Just perfect. Well, thanks again, Janice. And I Thank wish you so much for having me. And happy, happy holidays, holidays everybody. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, listeners. Um, we'll be back January. What is the date? We'll be back. It's going to be January 7th. So um, I wish you all happy holidays. And um, be well and be kind. Bye-bye for now. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?